You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program presented on the Kulin Nation. I'm Ian Shirwa. On the program today, we are profiling CV Maker. CV Maker, also known as Kavi, is a writer, a disability activist, lover, and writer of fan fiction. CB Maker is someone I see at community events. And a little fun fact, we're both alumni of the West Riders Group. But that's all I know about them and I'm curious to know more. We start the program with Kabi introducing themselves. So my name is CB Mako and my friends call me Kabi. That's my real life nickname. I've been published in Growing Up Disabled in Australia as well as the anthology called Collisions, Fictions of the Future. And... I am a founding member of the Disabled QBIPOC Collective, which are all based in NARM. I started writing in 2012, but with fan fiction, because I had a child who was a toddler then, and we were in the middle of winter, and we couldn't go out. And the first thing I could do was, okay, let's write. And the next thing I know, I was writing from my fandom all about robots, giant robots and all that. (laughs) And by 2015, I found out about Footscray Arts and there was writing group involved. And my writing evolved from there as well. It became from fan fiction to nonfiction. So it's been six years now. I've gone through, I've done poetry, nonfiction, short fiction. (laughs) So um, all kinds of, um, and even recently a book review. I reviewed a book about autism or uh, what used to be Asperger's syndrome and Recently as well, during this pandemic, just before the pandemic hit, I was diagnosed with ASD or what they call autism spectrum disorder, level one. So that's, I didn't know that because as a migrant of color and as a person of color, there was no translation or direct translation for this, for ASD, for autism, it was never picked out. So my situation is called late diagnosis autism. 
So there is a chance if you feel that <laughs> you might be in the spectrum, there's always help out there. But then if you want to reach out, we have a collective called, again, as I mentioned, Disabled Q BIPOC. That's our name on Twitter. CB Mako was born and raised in Manila. What was it like back then for Cuppy? And how is their non-binary identity viewed in the Philippines? Manila is a very fast-paced city and it is very densely populated. So I was born in the middle of that densely populated city, probably three generations of, they call it Manileños, really born and raised in the heart of the city. But because it has been colonized by three different colonizers, Spain, um, United States, and a certain time, Japan, there is an amalgamation of everything colonizer except what is truly Filipino. So I did not know who I was then. Um, it is very patriarchal, traditional, and uh, religious society that when I migrated here in Australia, I realized I am non-binary. <laughs> you cannot have those kinds of changes in your gender in the Philippines because of, one, there are the traditions of shaming or you dishonor your family. I do remember I've got a couple of cousins who went out as non-binary. They were kicked out by their parents. So it's a pretty scary kind of place. And eventually we migrated, just me and my partner. And here we are. As you just heard, Cubby's faced a number of challenges growing up in a patriarchal society that shuns gender diversity. So I asked Cubby whether their pen name, CB Mako, was a way for them to write freely. Absolutely. That is a very good point. Um, because I knew I would be writing nonfiction after I had this competition of um, being mentored for six months by a author i had to protect my my kids so i've got a disabled child who had cancer as well and i knew i'd be writing from a point of view of as a carer and later on as a disabled person uh, with mental health issues i seemed that having my real name printed does not reflect me because my name is very patriarchal. It was given by men, given by the men of the family. It's the sur even the middle surname in the Philippines is the mother's paternal surname. So I didn't like that idea. I wanted to be free of that structure. So thus the pen name. In some segments of the migrant community, disability is still a taboo subject, believe it or not. So I wanted to know why that was, and Cubby has a few ideas. Okay, that's a very good question. Um, there is a sense of tradition in the Philippines 
or even the diaspora, the migrant community, that we were supposed to be model minority. You're not supposed to shake the structure. But when I had my child who is disabled, that is not the mainstream narrative. You know, you're not, you're supposed to have your own house, your own car, um, have kids, you know, that usual <laughs> narratives. So I knew there was a gap in the storytelling in literary arts. Everyone is able-bodied, even the publishers down to the writers. And if it's a disabled person, it's always a white person. If you are disabled, you're supposed to be quiet about it because there are traditions in cultures that says it is a curse or a karma. You had bad karma in your previous life or a punishment from God. So those are the things that makes disability hidden or silenced. But I want to write in a different way to show that, hey, we exist. We are here in the stolen lands and we exist as migrant of color and we have disabilities. We may not talk about it, but here we are. So there is that gap in the narrative and we like to address that by forming, when we form the collective, the Disabled QBIPOC Collective. If you follow Kabe online, you'd know that they're not shy to hold event organizers accountable for inaccessible planning. But you can also imagine it's exhausting work. Kabe shouldn't have to do it on their own. And as allies, we definitely need to step up. In this next clip, Kabe envisions an accessible future. We are fighting for inclusion in the mainstream, not just in writing, but also in accessibility, meaning we would like in this, because we're in year two of the global pandemic, we would like um, accessibility be the norm. Like when we have a Zoom conference, include captions, include Auslan interpreters already in your programming. Or if you're writing a book, have a sensitivity reader so we can see which words we can remove, the ableist words. Because even recently as 2021, I have read authors of color include the R word and then other ableist words, which you can actually Google. I will not mention it here because it's very ableist, but yeah, that's the future. Um, the future is accessible hopefully post-pandemic, that include disabled people in the narrative. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear more from Cubby. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented where isolation, humiliation, and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where the truth is. 
Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Welcome back. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. Today we've been hearing from writer and artist CB Mako, known to some of us as Cubby. So far, Cubby has told us what it was like growing up in Manila, why they feel like an outsider and why disability is never part of the migrant narrative. In this next passage, Cubby reads an excerpt from their piece in a world's critique in real time. This piece recalls a negative experience at a writer's group and how this incident propelled Cubby to join disabled Q-BIPOC collective. I read my piece out loud straight from my laptop screen and make my way through the first paragraph. Before I can finish the second, however, I'm stopped mid-sentence. Your beginning's not enough. It's too enthusiastic. Take out the positive. I stiffen and then hesitantly nod. I was gushing in my fangirl voice in a very, in the beginning of the essay, I explained, looking sheepish. So um, that's a section that I think that was the face-to-face critique. Um, I wasn't very aware of how others would take it because I think during that time I wasn't diagnosed yet with ASD and I am among other people of color who already grew up in Australia probably our second generation being a early writer in I think this is 2017 I think this piece I was really I, I didn't know the the pathways the structures the processes but um I knew then since then I realized that okay something's definitely different in this group when you're interrupted and the style is different were they copying from another writing group this kind of approach so apparently for other disabled writers of color, that was their experience as well when they were among able-bodied writing groups. When we, and I haven't mentioned who are the members of the Disabled Q BIPOC Collective. Um, we are all of different disabilities and of different arts practice as well. So we have um, Hannah Morphy-Walsh, we have um, Pauline Vetuna and Gemma Mahadeo. We all had individual problems when we are in spaces with able-bodied people of arts groups. And then we realize, okay, something's wrong, something's different. And then that, when we came together as disabled artists, then we realized something's different in the mainstream writing groups, even though they're mainstream people of color. So we decided, okay, 
would our voices be better if we form a collective? As an individual, when we fight for inclusion, usually they, we either being, you know, erased, excused. Um, nah, you don't need that. But then we, we when we bargain as a collective, then our voices are heard. I that's where we saw that difference. So from this piece that I've read, unknowingly, you know, there was something different with how I process writing and how I accept writing in a able-bodied space. I hope you're enjoying listening to Cubby Reed excerpts from their writing. I thought it would be cool to hear Cubby read one more piece. So this next extract is from their piece, How Do You Write? Here, Cubby shares what it's like to find time to write when you're a carer with needs and deadlines. It's always asking, how do you write? How? How? How do you write when you're a carer of a disabled child? How do you write when your library has erased Aboriginal people on the unceded lands and where you live? And how do you write when your birth country has been colonized for 200 years before NARM became Melbourne? So we ask these, these questions before you even write. How do you write when you're hungry? Nobody even asks that. But so when you write because you need the extra money to feed your family while everyone is in lockdown. Or how do you write? on an empty stomach at three o'clock in the morning and you wake up with a growling tummy. But you are co-sleeping with your, your child and you cannot move from this tiny curled body beside you and twine limbs and it's 3 a.m. So how do you write? And yet, and yet you find yourself catching up from chores, laundry, tidying up toy boxes, washing dishes, but in this silence and you hear the hum of the fridge, distant ticking of a wall clock and the ringing in your ears, your mind is buzzing, the voices in your head are the loudest. And only then, finally, finally, you'll find time to write. So sometimes it's in the middle of that chaos. You'll grab whatever paper, (laughs) whatever, whatever accessory to write on like okay there's this thing in my head I have to write it down and you're like middle of cooking or middle of uh, taking care of a child and then that's where you write and it's that you don't have that privilege of space and sit down quietly and read a book all all weekend long it's something in between and interspersed into daily life and the chaos of it. And that's where you do it. That's all That's all you can do when you have the capacity. You have to squeeze it in. Sometimes you can't even squeeze it in. You have to do it like later on <laughs> when you remember and percolate in your head. You know, I can actually listen to Cubby talk all day, but we don't have time. So instead, I asked Cubby if, they had any final thoughts be open with the mantra of empathically slow be open with change be open for accessibility because we exist and um with the ndis opening here in the west side of um victoria uh 
give space to those you think need it and reach out and give them the space that they need. And that was the wonderful, wonderful CB Maker. We want to thank Cubby for coming on the show and for chatting to us. And we really hope you enjoyed learning more about her. I definitely did. If you're interested in CB's work, visit their website at mercurialmom.wordpress.com. Mercurial Mom is spelled M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A-L and Mom. Up now, we're going to play a song by the gorgeous Alice Sky called Stay in Bed. Hello, you mob out there. Welcome to Mob Got Talent. I'd like to pay my respects and acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nations, of the Woiwurrung and the Wurundjeri peoples. And now, I know you're waiting for it, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Mob Got Talent, Alice Guy, ladies and gentlemen, and her band.
The winner is... <laughs> we have no winners in Aboriginal culture. That's something of the past, the colonial past. There are no winners with Mob Got Talent. Everybody, every individual is a winner in their own right. So good night, folks. And remember, each and every one of you have got the power within you. Use your indigeneity. Good night, sweet dreams. Twenty Years on the Inside is an iconic new podcast series that gives voice to the experience of First Nations people in the Victorian prison system. Twenty Years on the Inside. I'm Vicky Roach, and I'm Kutcher Edwards. This series reflects on twenty years of listening to our mobs on the inside as part of the Beyond the Bars prison broadcasts. 20 Years on the Inside is essential listening for anyone looking to educate themselves about the realities of life on the inside and the need to end Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander incarceration. A lot of the boys mentioned about being in jail. What you do really isn't who you are. You know, it's how you love your family, it's how you care about your cousins, and it's how you care about your people. That's what that's what this is about for me. Catch the podcast via the 3CR website or on your favourite podcast app or listen live each Monday at midday. So that is the end of our show. We want to thank CB Mako. If you liked all that CB was about, you can visit their website to read more articles and other pieces. And also if you want to stay up to date on everything that they're doing. So to do that, visit mercurialmom.wordpress.com. Mercurial is spelled M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A-L, mom. And before that, you heard Alice Skye would stay in bed. You would have also noticed that there was a special appearance by Uncle Jack Charles. So shout out to him. So I'm going to say goodbye to you with a song that was recently introduced to me by Tony from Strong Spirit. It's called Beggar Man by Archie Roach. I'm Ian Shirwa and I will see you next week.
to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.